just a bunch of witty banter. Good play, Papa. Hey, I'll equip, you'll have equip, we'll both have equip. What's going on, guys? You're listening to Witty Banter, episode number 33. Uh, yeah, we are at 33 now. The triple, the, or the double three. double three, yeah. Triple three will happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, but hello, Banterkind. Um, How are you doing? So it's currently Friday, October 24th. You are listening to your host, Chase Williams, to my right, my best buddy forever, Hunter Dorsett. <laughs> yes. And uh, God, I'm I'm just happy to be here, Hunter. Yeah, man, it's, it's gonna be a good day. I'm feeling it. It's pretty outside. It was a long week, and I look forward it to really Friday was. every every week, just because mostly because banter. <laughs> it's what it keeps a, me going. It was a long week for me as well, with uh, with two very difficult accounting tests. So I'm glad to be enjoying a brew on the other side. You know, Woody banter is like the finish line, <laughs> and <laughs> we have just thundered through it this week. We put our neck out to reach it this time. Yeah, we beat everybody in the process. <laughs> We got a uh, we got a football game coming up tomorrow. Yes, that's why I'm rocking my my UT Longhorn uh, little mug oh. here. We got Longhorn mugs. We got orange beers. Oh yeah. Got our rings on. Oh yeah. What? So who are we playing? We are playing Kansas State. What, what's what? Tell me. Just give me the lowdown. They're on like how a top fifteen ranked team right now. They lost to one team, I believe. I think they lost to Oklahoma. And they're really good, man. Their coach Bill Snyder, yeah, Bill Snyder is like essentially a coaching wizard, man. He's like 85, and he's just turned so many programs around from like being absolutely nothing, like Kansas State, to being like top of the line programs. So they're gonna well, be good, man. He no may be a plays. wizard, but we've got the strong man. <laughs> we really do. And I'll dude. take a barbarian over a wizard any day. I saw a video the other day about like Texas tailgating, and one of the uh, tailgates that I saw. They had pledges that had like Charlie Strong, um, long sleeve like tight white the, the shirts. turtleneck yeah thing? the turtleneck shirts hell yeah and they were called Strong pledges I was like yes let's go that's so cool okay and then who is uh, who are the Texans playing uh I do not know who the Texans are playing this week what's uh, our record how many we're games three are we? and four right now we've already played seven games we have it's it's a good way through the season right now dude it's almost the end of October that's insane yeah I mean. Oh, well, well, hopefully we can pull out some wins on both sides. Right. So, Witty Banter is known for beer reviewing. Of course. And we're going to continue that tradition today. And then the second tradition we're withholding is we're going to stay true to our October theme, and we're mm. continuing the pumpkin beers. <laughs> so, the, the beer we've chosen today is from Rogue Farms, and it's called Pumpkin Patch Ale. Yeah, this is our third Rogue Farms review. The first one was a little dodgy for us. The second one we really liked, I believe. So this one, uh, Chase, you might have actually had this beer before, right? Yeah, the whole reason we chose this was because last year when I started drinking pumpkin beers, I had this one, and mm -hmm. it was like the greatest pumpkin beer I've ever had. <laughs> At the time. At the time. Right. And so what I wanted to do is not only pick it to A, to see if my memory holds true, but B, also to hold it up to Southern Tears um, pumpkins that we, that we had. It because was 9.0. That blew us out of the water, mm -hmm. and... We're doing you guys a favor, Banter Nation, <laughs> by drinking this beer because we're trying to find the best pumpkin beer. Yeah, I mean, we're on a quest of sorts, right? Exactly. I mean, we're trying, to, we're trying to put a very firm stance as far as, like, our favorite pumpkin beer for witty banter. Give it that banter bump, you a know? Little, a little fist bump. So, uh, yeah, the fact that you had such a positive uh, thing with this one a year ago kind of led us to maybe, uh, you know, want to try it again and put an official number on it. So it's Rogue, Fra Rogue Farms. It is called the Pumpkin Patch Ale. It is a 6.1 alcohol by volume, or 6.1% alcohol. A little lighter. 
Yeah, a little lighter. Uh, we were looking at one earlier that was around 10 and it was getting us excited, but uh, this one's 6.0. Okay, so I poured it up. It's super filtered. You can see directly through it, but it's nice, a nice, like, deep brown um, with, like, a little bit of amber towards the edges. So I guess, like, an orangish brown, but it's a nice, rich color. And uh, it smells really good. It smells like pumpkin right off the uh, yep, right off the it. top, and I even get like a little bit of like clove or nutmeg right. on it as well. I feel like it's a little bit more like it's not as like a gimmicky of a pumpkin smell, you know? You know yeah. what I mean? You know, sometimes whenever you smell like something that's watermelon flavored, and you're like, that doesn't actually smell like watermelon. It just smells like water sugar melon, you know? <laughs> I feel like this is a lot more like true to how pumpkins actually taste or smell for me at least. And it tastes great. It does? It is, yeah. I'm going to wait right now for my head to go down. It's, for a um, I feel like the pumpkin is definitely the strongest thing, but oh. it's not a pumpkin pie sort of pumpkin flavor like okay. we had in the, the, the southern, southern tier. tier. It's more of like, um, like almost like a roasted, like a, you know, like if you cooked a pumpkin and ate it rather than making it like something sweet. That's good. The, the, the pumpkin taste didn't come through as much for me as the uh, smell did, I guess. Did it, did it for you? I think it's there, but it's just complemented by a variety of things. There's almost like a citrusy feel to it, too, honestly. The aftertaste, like, almost feels kind of like orange peelish to me. Yeah, I get that as well. You know? Yeah. That's why I'm kind of, um, that's why I was asking about the pumpkin flavors, because it wasn't, like, pure pumpkin, you know? It's like I guess an- I go into these pumpkin beers just thinking that they're going to be like, well, we're just going to put pumpkin in it. Yeah. Know? Like, but people are fortunately doing a better job of keeping me entertained with all the different stuff that they're. They putting actually, in. you know, it's their job and they yeah. know what they're doing. And if I was going to try to brew a beer, it would plus be I really different. like this kind of like classically just matte orange. Dude, I love on the bottle. bottle. I yeah. love the bottle. They got the nugs on there, the hop nugs. Okay, I guess so. To sum up my first taste, it smells really good of just strong pumpkin. Maybe a little bit of clove on the nose as well. Okay. The pumpkin flavor comes through uh, on the initial taste as well. And I actually do get like a tiny bit of vanilla there as well, but it's not like a sweet vanilla. It's just right. like this underlying tones. And then it finishes really crisp and quick for me with that like orange peel. Right. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to go with the same that. I, it was a little bit lighter than I guess I was expecting it. And that, I kind of like that for this particular Makes beer. It's more drinkable. Yeah, it, this, is a, this is definitely a more like sessionable beer. Um, other than that, I kind of agree with a lot of the things that you had to say. It's um, it's a little bit, you know, lighter of a pumpkin feel. There is that kind of like short taste profile. It ends on a little bit of a different note. Um, I can't put a specific flavor to it, but it's good. I yeah. like it so far. Cool. All right, man. Well, I have to ask, but are you ready to dive into <laughs> Winnie I am just so ready to dive, man. Do you got what kind of like if you were gonna be on a high dive right now? I'm jackknifing into this. <laughs> okay, you're going for splash. I'm, to, I'm splashing this banner up. Bro. I love challenging people to <laughs> to splash contests and then like you're good at splash oh, contests. First you of destroyed all, us. I'm, I like to do it, <laughs> but the best part is is like when they go in with a cannonball and I'm just like these guys. They don't even they know don't, what they're doing. They don't even know the technique. <laughs> There's a whole thing called jackknifing in this world. <laughs> all right, well let's go and make a splash. This is witty banter. All right, man. Um, I'll go ahead and go first. I just wanted to bring I wanted to bring this up really quickly because it has to do with your man crush. So Which one, Chase? Christian Bale has been How is that my man crush? Are you kidding me? I said I like the guy's hair, okay? He had cool cool hair. The whole new hairstyle was 
sprouted from him. I say I would say that the hairstyle was sprouted from Bradley Cooper. So is he your man crush? Who is your man crush? I don't have cr- a man crush. Everyone's got a man crush. If I had a man crush, it'd probably be Bradley Cooper. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah. Well, Similar. man crush number... My man, number two. My man crush is Ryan Gosling. <laughs> okay, yeah. So... That's fine. I'll put that out there. All right. So, Cr- Christian Bale. Christian Bale has been confirmed to play Steve Jobs in an upcoming biopic. Yes, dude. I, was, um, I actually was thinking about doing this, too, but I just completely kind of forgot about that. But, yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, so the news was confirmed by writer Aaron Sorkin, who wrote The, uh, the Social Network... And Ooh. he uh, he said that Bale didn't even audition for the role. They just like had a meeting and just like chose him right. He looks there. like Steve Jobs. Really, dude. Whenever they get him like wearing what Steve Jobs used to wear and like get him in the hairstyle, he's gonna look a lot like Steve Jobs. You can mark my words. Okay. Whereas like whenever they I did... don't really think Steve Jobs looks like Batman. Right. But... Yeah, but I mean, like whenever they did it with Ashton Kutcher, which I don't really know. A whole lot about the results from that movie. I just know that that was kind of like the first biopic yeah. for Steve Jobs. I heard it was kind of a flop. Uh, yeah, exactly. I yeah. think the fact that like no one even talked about it. Yeah, but um, but I mean, he didn't even really. I didn't really think that he favored Steve Jobs. You know, maybe with like when Steve Jobs was in the seventies and had like super long hair. You know, but, right? But I mean, as he aged, it was going to be hard to make Ashton look like Steve Jobs <laughs> from freaking you know sweater vests and or not sweater vests, the uh, turtlenecks and the thing. But yeah, I'm the, excited for Christian Bale. For the sure. movie is going to be directed by Danny Boyle, who did Slam Dog Slum Dog Millionaire. So it's got a, some pretty good names attached to it. But I guess my only thing was is like, why? I feel like the Steve Jobs biopic thing is coming a little too soon and the fact that we've already had two of them within like a couple of years it's just like what is yeah. going on you almost kind of wish that we would give it enough time for his legacy to kind of have that like um foundation like oh he's like this legend you know yeah exactly you know and like the like whenever you do it like right after he died i mean he what he died like what a year ago two years ago two or three two i don't or three know years yeah, ago. i don't know exactly it didn't really like while it was you know, it was awful, and people want to like honor him and and respect him with their work. It almost, yeah, it doesn't leave enough to be like need some desired. Need you some know, breathing. if you did it in ten years, then people would be like, oh yeah, I really do kind of want it. But like, Steve Jobs is still fresh in everybody's mind right now. You know, even if he's not here, like we still kind of have his flavor with us with Apple still. <laughs> you know, for sure. Okay, well, um, you got something ne- up next for us? Yeah, let me take the horn, bro. So what right. is the horn? We keep t- we always talk Bring about Bring it around the-, the horn. Is that from the ESPN show? I mean, it's kind of just a phrase. They use that phrase as the name of their show, but it's kind of just a way to like and You like this phrase. I like it. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me go ahead and send it around the horn for you, Hunter. There yeah, you let's There you go. All right, cool. So, um my first news item is actually about Led Zeppelin. Okay, sweet. It's actually not that sweet. So Led Zeppelin. Okay. <laughs> Led Zeppelin. Uh, this was from Time.com that I read this, and actually one more article. But um, the rock band Spirit, which was like a 60s and 70s rock band, uh, has recently filed a lawsuit against Led Zeppelin. Is this for the, the Stairway, for to, Stairway Heaven? to Heaven? Stairway to Heaven. Get the fuck out of here. Okay, yeah, and that was kind of what I was going to ask. There's not a whole lot of facts regarding this case. It's the fact that... They had a song called Taurus, and they were on tour with Led Zeppelin in, like, the late 60s, and apparently Jimmy Page was sort of known for, like, hearing songs from people that he toured with, really liking them, taking those chords, and then making his own songs from those chords, 
And so they're basically saying that they took the chords from Taurus and they made Stairway to Heaven with that, even though it's not the same song or anything. But they think that they have a right to legal compensation for, or, you know, just damages compensation or whatever for that. And um, Zeppelin was trying to just get the case dismissed by a judge because they were like, there's no grounds to stand on for this. Uh, but, the cus- but the judge did not dismiss it. So they're letting it go through to a trial, and they're going to start a- facing these allegations head on. Let me tell you why this is bullshit. Okay. Okay, so blues music especially mm-hmm. is just like was known for covers and for borrowing. And basically these blues guys who would get picked up off of the street because they sounded like super authentic to the record companies, mm-hmm. the songs they knew were the songs that they listened to on the radio. Right. And they would just play their version of that song. And like almost how good you were was judged by like, well, how well does he do this standard? Or how long does he do like this song? Yeah. And even it would be from like people borrowing riffs. Some people would borrow lyrics. Mm-hmm. It's rampant. I mean, Jack White on Lazaretto, the very first song, Three Women, is a cover from like a 1930s song. Really? Um, he also covers another song on Blunderbuss. I'm Shaken is a cover from an old blues song. Right. Does he acknowledge those as covers, though? Of course he does. I mean, I'm not saying that he's trying to like say it's his own work, but I guess like in the titling of it and I guess like whenever people, like if anyone asked him, they'd be, he would say it's a cover, but like does he go out of his way to kind of like tell people that these are covers? No. But I don't think that's a problem. I just think the way that blues music was, where everyone was borrowing from everyone else, mm-hmm. that like that was just sort of the way it was. And Led Zeppelin came at a time where they like they covered blues songs too. Yeah, they're there's, a bluesy band. There's for a sure. ton of blues cover. I can't quit you, baby. Right. Is a is a blues ba- cover. Babe, I'm gonna leave you. There's um there's lyrics in uh, some of their like Lemon Song. That was a Robert Johnson line, like when you squeeze my lemon and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, or like, I'm going to stay here down on this killing floor. There was a right. song called Killing Four Blues. Like, mm-hmm. that's just the way it was. So I'm sorry that this one band feels super peeved that Led Zeppelin created the freaking greatest song of all time with their <laughs> chords. Yeah. And now they want money for it because they're probably broke. Right. Get over it. Yeah. I, I And I, I feel the same way. I guess like what I was going to ask is like, how how fair do you think this is, and how is, is there a line, and can it be crossed? You know, I, like if I take somebody's work and I do the exact same thing as him, but for some reason the way I do it makes me famous. Is that does that person that created that song have sort of a claim on my success? In your opinion, if it's enough to be easy to point to and verify like look dude you little like i mean we'll use the example of vanilla ice you know mm-hmm. where he changed one note on his on the main riff of his song right and then claimed that he didn't steal it yeah whereas if especially with this case of led zeppelin where what it sounds like is they just used a chord progression right well guess what yeah any like <laughs> that's Come that's on, pretty, yeah, come on! That's pretty, it's a yeah, chord standard, progression, yeah. and they took a chord progression and made something entirely different. Right. So, yeah, of course there's a line to be crossed, um, but a lot of the times most people just give credit when they think they need to, and clearly Led Zeppelin didn't think they need to because they just took chords. Mm-hmm. But like, no one has a a fundamental like right to a chord progression, right? You know, come mm-hmm. on. And, and yeah, I mean that kind kind of goes to the the nebulous nature of art. You know, and who has ownership rights to art and stuff. Even if you create it, I mean, 
you kind of get to a point where it's like when you create it, it's like if other people have access to it and like are making that incorporated into what they do, then it's almost like it's not even yours anymore, you know? So if Led Zeppelin ends up losing this case, I'm going to be pissed. I don't think they will. I think that it, it took a while for the case to not get dismissed. So I think that it's already kind of on shaky grounds. Um, but they're going to have to prove 51%, I guess, you know, like more majority or more likely than not that they did and that they should pay for it. I mean, I think those are the two things. It's like whether or not they actually did is one thing and then whether or not they should be paying this other person for that is kind of another thing. So, yeah, we'll just have to see how that goes. I think it's kind of dumb too, but, I mean, it's just just the news. (laughs) Yep. Okay, so on this next one, I'm going to be paraphrasing from an article that I found on IGN. Okay. Um, The first ever... Full 360-degree film documentary is going to be released for Oculus Rift. Wow, what is that? So this film is called Zero Point, and it's a documentary about the development of virtual reality. Okay. And it's filmed in 360 degrees, meaning the viewer will be able to completely, like, move. Like You watch it on the Oculus Rift. Yeah. You're able to just move around 360 degrees and view the film in any way you want. What? Um... So basically, the camera work is just all centered around like a certain point. This is wild. The film will feature several different settings, including a, including a military training c- camp, a crowded expo hall, and a beach. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all used this special VR-enabled camera to co- do get the three full hundred full three hundred sixty degree um, like capture. It'll be available on Steam for $15 on October 28th and will be compatible with past and future Oculus Rift, Rift development kits. So it's, it's being made available to you very soon? Yeah, it's coming out like... But Oculus Rift isn't in production. It's not in commercial production, is it? No, but there's a ton of dev kits out there. And dev it's kits? Dev, like development. Oh. This is just for people who have the Rift right now, and I think it's more of like a proof of concept, hmm. and it'll also be there for when the Rift does come to the market. That's so wild. But, dude, that's the kind of shit that I want to see with the Rift that like, I don't think you and I were really thinking of when we were kept talking about it in the gaming sphere, mm-hmm. but having these like 360-degree movies. It's or, like putting you in a memory. Exactly. Kind of. Or yeah. ma- imagine, and my friend Jacob was talking about this, is like, imagine if they put the Oculus Rift camera in a um, in a sports arena in like a first row and you got to watch basketball yeah. games with the Oculus Rift as if you were sitting there. I think if they don't do that then they are dumb. <laughs> They're missing Seriously, out. I mean it's so easy. You literally like pay for one seat and rights to to show it and boom. <laughs> it's cool, man. Everyone has a full I, viewing experience. I wish we had the Rift so we can see it, and hopefully it'll be um, coming around to like a trade show that we can like experience it. It's going to be like super high def as far as the resolution. God, I bet it's going to be dope. It's going to be cool. I would be so down. All right. All right. <laughs> Go ahead. Sliding, so, uh, sliding it through the horn again. <laughs> All right. So my next one is kind of uh, just like something I saw in passing. So have you heard of Google... Google... No, that's not the name. Google Inbox, I think, is what it's called. No, what's Google Inbox? Um, so it's basically just this um, new app that Google has developed, and it's for your email. And so basically, it changes the way... It's not like Gmail. It changes the way that you interact with your emails and stuff. And so 
the way what they're trying to really get across is that sometimes it can be cumbersome trying to sort through emails. Like if I want to find a specific email, what is the process they're going through that? Do I just go through this big, huge pile of emails and kind of look through until I see whatever I think? Such a pain in the ass, dude. So Google has kind of come up with a beta version app uh, to to counteract a lot of this clumsiness and the current email you know thing they have going. And so this new app has some claim or has some functionality that it can do, and here are some of the things it can do. It bunches similar emails, such as receipts or appointments that you have, mm. and it uh, basically makes finding emails a lot similar, they are a lot easier. They bunch things into these little categories, and instead of it just being like inbox, important, starred, they have a lot more sections, and um, they basically, Google inbox automatically kind of like puts those emails according to like the messages and stuff in different kinds of sections. And then whenever you like tap on the section, then everything under that kind of section will pop up. Um, another thing is you can pin emails to the top of your page so that if you have some email that's really important, it'll always stay at the top and then you can keep on, you know, kind of just erasing emails as you go. There is a, a reminder button that allows you to um, basically like set a reminder so I want to send this guy an email at three and it'll make a little appointment for you and it'll be, it'll remind you, Hey man, this is when you should start doing your email to, to, to Dave over here. Dave is really looking for that email. <laughs> There's also a swipe button that, um, it will archive like a current message that you're looking at if you swipe it a certain way. And then if you just touch the button, it'll, um, delete everything at once that's not pinned already at the top. So you can kind of just be like, boom, uh, boom, uh, boom. And then you took out everything that you just had on, you know, on, the, on the screen. And it has more things. So they, they basically just are trying to sell the fact that like, you know, we have Gmail. We know what we're doing as far as like the email space goes. But we realize that like a lot of people get frustrated with emails. And that really speaks to me because I hate emailing. Emails kill me. It's literally like, and it's funny because the article I wrote in TechCrunch perfectly personified it as like this necessary evil you know <laughs> and it is i hate it like yes i hate email i'll it's have stressful. no problem saying that it's stressful just to look at the inbox sometimes i feel like email is basically one like text messaging with spam yeah. so just like anyone can just like spam me up you know and then two there's a lot of times where emails end up being just like reminders of things that i didn't already know <laughs> and it kind of makes me feel like, dang it, I don't have my stuff together as much. You know, every time I see like a long list of inbox emails, I'm like, what is all this stuff that I don't know? Yeah. You know, that I'm expecting. I mean, th what's expected of me here? What do you mean you know? the deadline's in two days? What <laughs> deadline? What are you talking about the deadline? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I just thought that this was interesting. Uh, it was funny because um, what was the article that you read? I, I can't remember. The the article I read was basically saying that you can only get this through invite only. Google has to invite you to get this. Really? So it's just and like in beta then? Yeah, it's a beta. And um, some guy went on eBay and did his invite for like 50 bucks. And really? So it's basically like, you know. I think that they'll probably come out with a working version of it maybe in the next two years. Do you think they're going to charge for it? Is this going to be like some sort of software like suite? almost. I, I don't think they would um charge for it in fact like i can't really think of a whole lot of internet-based services that i know that google does charge for 
You yeah, know? which is cool. I, and I think that this is going to be one of those things that once they perfect it through the beta version, that they're going to like incorporate into their email process just kind of as a regular yeah i just didn't know if they're gonna do like what microsoft does with like office you know how you have to buy those programs but they're like super highly specific like you see know. i don't even i mean i had office a long time ago so i haven't seen any of their new updates but i mean it was never super intuitive to me you know whenever i used because email is stuck in the stone age <laughs> yeah but yeah that's kind of all the uh, all the news that i got today all right well i wanted to talk to you about this new social media site that we've been seeing in the news ello mm. Since we, we were both we were watching stuff about it on TV last night. Yeah, that's an interesting one for sure. So the news item I have pertains to it, but I wanted to sort of talk about how like I first came across this site and sort of get to Yeah, because what, you had an account, right? Yeah, you I wanted to trying to get a name and Yeah, I wanted to hear what you knew about it as well. But like I, I first heard about this site a few weeks ago when a lot of people on Twitter started talking about it and mm-hmm. they were trying to get invites and stuff. Uh, and I looked into it and, it, and it basically poses itself as like an anti-Facebook website. Yeah. So they claim that they will have zero advertising and that they will never sell um, your user data to any company. Right. And so when I first read that, I was like, okay, that's cool. But, you know, Facebook started out without ads and stuff as well. So maybe this is just talk is cheap and it's just a way to get people. Right. And then... So yeah, then they a few days ago, Ello showed up in the news after they signed a legally binding contract that they will never sell user data or run advertisements and will never be acquired by a company who would make them do either of those two things either. Right. So they basically doubled down on their vision. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, they've con- there's there's like a million accounts right now over just a month. A million people have them, and there's like mm-hmm. a apparently there's like three million people on a waiting list trying yeah. to get accounts. Like a, really something ridiculous Damn. like that. Maybe or, so you can't just like get on right now and go get an LO account. Yeah, you have to be invited. Whoa, I didn't know that actually. And I think it's because they're probably still testing it. It's still in beta version. They don't want to give it to the public yet, right. but. The buzz that it's created is already pretty substantial, right? Yeah, I made it onto my newsfeed for sure. Um, so after only a month, they have also acquired five point five million dollars of venture capital around their business. Yes, yes, yes. So they're getting really big, right? Um, so yeah, the charter that they signed, this legally binding document, is basically um, it makes them a public benefit corporation, right? So that they're not obliged to profits to shareholders Mm -hmm. and it makes them one out of 1140 um of these corporations in the entire country yeah and they and they've most mostly been popping up in the last two years as far as i understand it as well they have um it's it's almost like a legal loophole that allows them to kind of separate themselves from the interests of the shareholders yeah you know which in in a way is you know it's cool it's it's not the normal form of business but yeah they're kind of protecting themselves from you know future endeavors that they know investors and shareholders are going to be like hey man we want to raise money we're invested in you maybe it's time to get to those ads they're kind of just like nope that's yep. definitely not ever going to be a part of our solution. I'm just super excited to see how this turns out. Um, yeah, I am too. Yeah. I'm, I've gotten really disillusioned with Facebook. Um, I've actually started taking all of my pictures that are on there and just ripping them to my computer. Okay. Because I might end up just deleting all of them and like getting off of Facebook. I would not think that that would be a horrible idea. You know? Honestly. I'm just... Because that's what Facebook is right now. It's just like this huge picture 
library where I also kind of like say what I feel about some stuff or like how I'm doing at, yeah. at that point in time. But like I could get rid of the other stuff. If I have the kind of the documented memories and stuff that I've made that I've put on there over the years, then like I don't I really have a problem with deleting it either. Yeah, and the only thing that keeps me on there is the fact that like I have to keep it's a it's a good way to keep in touch. Um, but if you know, if this Ella thing works out or if anything overtakes Facebook, then mm-hmm. we'll keep in touch in another way and we can get rid of it. Um, but it's just cool to me that this is like clearly a reaction to, I think, the frustration that a lot of people feel yes. in having their data sold. Being bombarded by ads yeah. all the time, dude. Yeah. I, can I ask you a couple questions? Sure. So you have an account? Yeah, I got an invite, luckily. How? Um, so Chris's wife, Dulce. Yeah is either friends with or related to somebody who works in Google. And okay. so he got an account because he's, you know, a tech, a techie, not, the not Chris, did. the guy did. And so he had an account, which Dulce, means Dulce got one. I got, got one from Dulce. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I can get one from you. I can. Yeah. Um, I so the yeah, the, uh, the thing I was going to ask is kind of like, how is the layout of Elo? I mean, is it aesthetically like noticeably different uh, do they focus on things like picture uh, storage? Do they focus on you know status updates? I mean, kind of what is what are they really trying to go for? I know it's the anti Facebook, but like, what's their competitive edge outside <laughs> of just having ads? I need to start l- looking at it more, as I literally only looked at the home screen once. I got oh. my account, <laughs> I closed the window, and that Come was on, it. I just Jace. saved it. But what it does is it cater- it allows you to categorize people into two categories: either friends or noise. Wow. So I think it's going to be this thing where since it's a new system, you can from the get-go categorize, categorize people into like the people I care about and then the people that like I just sort of follow or interact with. Um, the layout was like much simpler than Facebook, but it also did look like a working in-progress in sort of thing. Okay, cool. That is – I actually heard that when we were listening to At Midnight last night, uh, the friends and noise thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is surprising. I mean – I feel like it's going to be such a – do you think that, like, say you and I are friends, right? We are connected somehow on through Elo. Would it – would uh, would any so, – like, if you put me in your friends box, would I be able to see that I was put in your friends box? Probably not. Okay, because that's what I was going to say is, like, everybody's going to have a different line with where they're going to draw between friends and noise. Some people only put, like, their really close group of, of like, really good friends as their friends because that's, like, who they want to hear from. Some people will put like anyone that they're pretty much acquainted with and that they would say hi to on a walk by. That'll be their friends, you know. Yeah. So I think it'll be kind of interesting to see like the the sides that people take as far as like, nah, this person's definitely noise. Well, I just <laughs> hope it starts reinforcing the fact that we use the word friend way too liberally, and that's right. just my own opinion. I mean, I agree. Especially like in Germany, I was talking to people about the word friend and they even said like yeah Americans use friend for everything but in Germany like we don't really say that like just because I know you doesn't mean we're friends and but, stuff like so that so friend really means friend in Germany exactly and I would like to, us to yeah. get back to those yeah roots. let's reinforce the friend bro alright man that should be like their tagline reinforce the friend yeah bro the liberation <laughs> alright uh, did you have anything else I'm done with my news. All right, man. Well, that's all. That's all I got. So yeah. let's We're go ahead. Time to stop for sure. Perfect. Let's go yeah. ahead and snap on back to the halftime, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll come back in a little bit. For sure. This is Witty Banter. Don't forget to follow us at Witty Banter Show on Twitter, and shoot an email over to wittybantershow at gmail.com. All right, guys. We are back, and we're ready to tell you a little bit more about this beer. 
how has it changed if it has changed at all for you hunter um are you enjoying it more what's the deal okay so with the last beer that we had um there was a lot of complexity with it i like how sort of straightforward this is i don't really feel like um while I kind of thought that it would be a little bit more pumpkin-y than it is, mm-hmm. um, I appreciate that it's straightforward, but it's not a cheap straightforward. You know, it, it, I'm enjoying I'm enjoying this beer. I like it. Um, it does kind of have like that clean finish that I'm that I'm hit, picking up on. It hasn't really changed. I feel like it it's opened up a little bit, but I haven't really gotten a huge kind of swing in my vote from that. Um, but I am really enjoying this. I think it's like a very straightforward beer. You know, it's like it's solid. There's nothing that I could really point to that I'm like, oh my god, like this is the thing that's like making it or breaking it for me. But I like uh, the you know it tastes still like pumpkin. It has a clean finish. Um, it has a d- decent body. It's it's enjoyable. It's sessionable. I think this is a sessionable beer. It's a sessionable pumpkin beer. Yeah. Which is kind of like the first one I think that we've kind of had, really. But it's way better than that first one, though. You know? The Wickford Range. The which Wick- is like, yeah, kind of like a lower tier sessionable. Wick- Wickford Range is like just basic as shit. Yeah. And. <laughs> oh, come on. This one is, it, it's super easy to drink because of the low alcohol percentage and the, the flavor's all there, too. Right. With an interesting combination. Yeah. You know? The uh, the smell is just like it's not like spicy as it is just like clove clovey you know mm-hmm. and then pumpkin in the smell for sure and then I think that same smell is what you get right off the bat on the taste and then it finishes quick and clean with almost like a citrusy sort of feel yeah and um, have you would you say that your like initial impressions have changed since uh, no I feel like it, it tastes the same to me you know yeah and just the general attitude is the same but cool. All right. Well, I know that this next segment, you are bringing a a, a question for Get to Know Your Banners, right? I am. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and blow right through it. Oh. Hey, my name is... <laughs> hey. Oh, no, you, no, you no, go no, My bad. What, what's your favorite... Um, I'm Wait, sorry. You don't what think... was that? Get to Know Your, your banners. banners. Okay, man. So what do you have for us? What's the question we're coming with? Okay, so I thought about this a couple weeks ago, and uh, I actually am kind of sad that I haven't done a little bit of prep work to kind of like really have a my own sort of take on it since I'm bringing the question to the table and all. We'll work it out together. Right. So my question is, I would like for you and I to discuss our ideal man cave. Oh, ballin'. Okay, so I want us to... Kind of go through some of the uh, things that would make our man cave, our escape from society, what that would look like, what it would feel like, and what you're really going for with it. Oh, hey, my name is Hey, no, you, you go first. No, well, what's your favorite um, reasonable budget? Wait, you don't just say that you're making your wealthy. You can you can do what you like, but you can't put roller coasters in your. Okay, you can't be decking out everything in gold and diamonds. Okay. All right. So it's high end, and you can buy what you want, but don't. You're not also Jay Z. Okay? Exactly. Okay. So, there you go. That's the limit. Well, like the way, like the the atmosphere. I want my man cave. Is okay. uh, you remember my game room at home right now in Sterling Point? Just like the grays and the blacks and all that. Mm-hmm. I want that sort of color scheme. You know, grays and blacks. Grays and blacks. I like, like that. Nice, nice dark carpet. You know. Black is just so sophisticated. It is. And it's mysterious classy. and class. Oh. 
you Love know, black. and I want like comfortable furniture in there. Okay. Um, so here's where I start to differentiate. All right. When it comes to like leisure, what I want in there is I want a small little wet bar. Okay. Um, I want all of the tools I need to make mixed drinks. Right. I want a bottle of scotch. Uh, I need a variety of different alcohols to make my mixed drinks on. Okay. I have a beer on tap. I Great. Have a, I have a keg and a Great tap. Great addition. Okay. Okay. And of course, I have a refrigerator just full of my other beers as well. Okay. I also have a um, decently sized humidor, you know, that I can humidor. Yeah, that can fit like maybe twenty cigars in. Oh, okay, cool. So I'm not going to smoke in there, but you know, if we want to get a cigar, we can grab one. So those are all your little tangibles that you'll be interacting with in the man. Yeah, cave. those are like the trinkets that just really bring it to the next level. Yeah. Right. Now, the main, what I'm going to try to accomplish in my man cave is movie viewing and video game playing. Okay. Now, I want a HD projector. Yes. Okay? But here is where we got to get careful, because when you have a projector, sometimes it's way too big, and mm-hmm. it actually makes gaming like really hard. Right, yeah. So I'm going to use the projector for movies. Oh, and yeah. And then for other games that maybe like are more experience-based. But I'm still going to have a medium-sized TV, maybe like 35 inches okay. for video games. Right. Now, in front of where I do movies, I want like big old lazy boys. Um, I'm <laughs> going to have a popcorn popper. Oh, in like my... a classic little like standing yes. truck thing. Yeah. And I'm going to buy whatever ingredient, like whatever they pop in um, Tinseltown, Cinemark. <laughs> yeah. movie well, you got to have that liquid butter oh, sh- shit that you put on of there. Of course. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm basically trying to replicate. The movie theater as best I can. I'm gonna have snacks like um, candy. Person charging you eight dollars for it. <laughs> twelve. Come on, twelve. You gotta get the real experience, right? Yeah. So you know, I've got the movie spot with the lazy boys. I've got a gaming chair that I play like video games on and a small TV. But I'm gonna add one more um, thing for gaming. Okay. Um, I want a a setup where I can sit down in a racing bucket seat, have Three pedals, one with a clutch, brake, and accelerator. Attached to the seat or just kind of... In front of me somehow. Right. And then I want a steering wheel that's like attached to something as well that also has paddle shifters. Um, and I want three <laughs> TVs <laughs> where I can have like, you know, like the different side views. view of the windows and then the front view. And I'm going to basically, you know, we're not Jay-Z, so I can't go buy like an F1 racing simulator. But I want <laughs> a racing... Cockpit that I can play racing games on okay. as well. Because there's definitely like uh, chairs that have like surround sound audio around you, and they yeah they're kind of like a bucket thing. Yeah, I could totally see yeah that being within the budget for sure. So unless you come up with some other things, I feel like I need. I feel like that's pretty much me. Is, yeah, is the entertainment side, um, the wet bar, the cigars, and the beer, mm-hmm. um, and like a cool black look. Right. So I like your your man cave. So for my man cave, for some reason I keep idealizing it being like in a basement. Yeah. Like being kind of, maybe not in a basement, we're in Texas, but I would like to be able to walk downstairs into my man it's cave. It's got to be an actual cave. Yeah. Also, I know you remember this. In my house in high school, I had this long carpet that was just, it 
felt so good. What was it called? What is that carpet kind of called? It's like probably twice as long as normal carpet. Where? Shag oh, carpet? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, all, it's, like, it's like a little bit less than shag, but it's way more than normal carpet. It's like squishy, It fluffy. was squishy, great. That's yeah. what I want my carpet to be. I literally slept on your floor because yes. it was so good. Yes, that's what I want my carpet to feel like. I want my feet to be in heaven when I walk <laughs> in. Yeah, okay. Game. Also, I am a brick and stone layer or distributor's son. Yes, you are. So I kind of want to have some throwback to that. I want to have pay homage to my dad's, uh, you know, the things that made my dad successful. Put maybe, some brick in there. Yeah, put some like make it lofty. Stone. Maybe have like a little area where there's like stone and like a waterfall going down the stone. Yeah. Also, when I'm thinking about my um, man cave, I think I'm going to put a pool table in there. Yeah. That's, in fact, I'm going to put a pool table in mine too. Yeah. Great I think addition. that it's, it's kind of hard to leave out the pool table out of the man cave not even really because i like pool that much but it's it's a great thing to kind of pass the time when you're like yeah i don't want to play video games let's just watch the game play a game of pool boom pool's amazing yes we should play tonight <laughs> if yeah okay <laughs> uh <laughs> also i'm also going to do a projection system okay get 110 inch just pull down screen with a projection system and i'll probably put like four little like yeah reclinable chairs and then outside of that, I also want two TVs to be mounted on the wall on the other side of the room, and I want them to be mounted in a way that I could pull them out, change them, like okay. change the angle, so if I'm playing pool over here, I can turn it, you know, watching the game. Makes it much more accessible. Yeah, and plus the two TV setup. I mean, me and Chase are currently rocking the two TV setup. It's a revelation. I told you, right? It's Is this <laughs> the first time you've ever rocked this oh, before? Oh, yeah. And are you going to go back? I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think see I how I could. Back. It's impossible. I mean, it's it, it gives you the ability to be able to do, like, what you want to do while also engaging in something else. You know? It's <laughs> yeah. crazy. It's glorious. And so that's kind of what I'm going to set up. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of design things. I think um, I would let I would let somebody who kind of knew what they were doing like go with color schemes yeah. and, and stuff like that. But I would want there to be like maybe like a leather leather couch somewhere in the room. Okay. Um, I, I, again, the carpet's great. You know... I, I want to put brick and stuff on the walls. So I think that that kind of covers most of my stuff, man. I'd like to have, like, yeah, a stand-up bar for sure. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, do you want the bar? Yeah, I want a bar. What about, sure. like, a poker table or anything? Um, I think I, I'm cool with just, like, a retractable poker table that I can yeah. just bring out. But as far as, like, I do want a bar. Um, if I had the stuff to be able to make mixed drinks, that's fine. I don't really dig on that as much. I would just want a big place to be, one, be able to put wine. I was about to say, I completely forgot wine. Yeah. I, I need I, a I small wine for Dude, each. a wine cellar would be, or not even a cellar, but just like a little wine closet. Yeah. Like, imagine if you just had a door that was like mostly glass so you could see through it and you just like opened it up and there's Dude, a whole wine just get like an eight foot tall there. wine refrigerator. Yeah. You know? And also I would want like a sub-zero fridge to be able to put my beers in. And Perfect. then outside of that, I think that pretty much covers my basis. Sick man. <laughs> Definitely taking the pool table. Okay. Because I need yeah. that too. But I'm going to add two more things. Okay. Um, I need a ping pong table. <laughs> I love ping pong. <laughs> we, you got a big one, man. You got a big old uh, uh, man cave here. Of course. But okay. I haven't been able, to, been able to like really indulge in ping pong in a long ass time. And I know that if I had one. Pretty be, clutch, man. I'd be playing it every day. Yeah. The second thing, one of my life goals <laughs> is to spend like easily $25,000 on a custom full-size suit of armor. Oh, yeah. And you got to have that down there. And I want my suit of armor standing up in that room 
for all to see in its glory. Okay. Can I add? Can I ha- have my little addition yeah. afterward? Of course. So my room is completely soundproofed. Boom. And also, uh, I'm give me the music studio. Probably stuff. gonna have a grand piano in there. Ooh. And I'm gonna have all of my stuff, all of my guitars and basses mounted on the wall. Are you sure you want the grand piano in the man cave? Because the grand piano is so classy that you might want that like in the entryway of your actual home. No. You're gonna play it in the man cave. Yes. Okay. The the piano is mine. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. I've been playing this piano. You know, I've been playing piano since I was like seven. So the piano is gonna go in the man cave. And I think I would like put my guitars and stuff on the wall. I would also want to invest in better instruments and stuff that I could kind of showcase in the man cave. So yeah, there's definitely a music studio element to the man cave as well. All your your guitars are on display. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And you've got, got a variety like, of them. I'm gonna have like maybe like some UT memorabilia on the walls. Of course. You know, maybe. By like the some- way, they were selling our Texas Star at the um, the Texas State Fair. Really? And I was like, we already got that. We already covered. got that one covered. Thanks. What a bunch of chumps. Well, well, dude, I think that our man caves are going to be pretty baller. Yeah, I'm already <laughs> excited. Now you've gotten me very upset that I'm still not working again. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm so tired of school. We'll see. Well, anyway, thanks for the the um, the question. We haven't done Get It To Know Your Banners in a while. Yeah, and it has been a while. Maybe we should get back up. We could do some more of it or whatever. Um, so, yeah, now that that's taken care of, why don't we go ahead and head over to Nick's Mail Corner? Let's do it. It's Nick's Mail Corner. All right, so the mailbag is full again, and yeah. I'm just—you guys like you don't, even under, you, you don't understand. You, our fans, you make me so happy and warm inside. You know, I'm just so fuzzy when I check the email account and I just see that bolded subject box. That means I haven't checked an email. Like I hope that y'all take delight in understanding how much your simple, silly little email really means you know it's like huge it has a big impact on us on a day-to-day our show if somebody actually sends in something that they like thought about and they're actually interested in we can dive into it boom (laughs) show made thank you all right well the first email comes from nick uh he emailed the show like he always does thank you nick send it into witty banter show at gmail.com and nick says hey booger butts he says, why don't you go and tell the world why I can't listen to you on iTunes anymore? I'm getting real sick of your <laughs> shenanigans. He says, no, not really, but get it fixed so I can start listening again. We're he, working on it, Nick. And he adds like three little hearts, and then he wants to say, he says, P.S., please point out that I used the purple heart emoji and not the basic red one. <laughs> so he's showing that he's, he's thoughtful. Yeah, the red heart is pretty cliche, but purple heart is passion. You know? And Nick, I assume, like, I just associate you with the anti-cliche. <laughs> he really does. Yeah, he's um, clever. So as always, get junked, you jaundiced jocks. Wow. Um, I will. I will get jumped. So here's what's going on with iTunes. It's been a freaking nightmare. Um, yeah. Let me know what's going on, because I didn't even really know this was that big a deal until you told me. Originally, we posted all these episodes on a website called bodaciouschase.com, and mm-hmm. that's where iTunes pulled our episodes from. Yes. Then we changed it to wittybantershow.com, but actually the website was the same. It was just routing you to wittybantershow.com. Uh-huh. So I finally did this thing where um, my dad, he, was, he split the two. Yes. He made Bodacious Chase its own thing and Witty Banter its own thing. Mm-hmm. And when that happened, it re- it messed up the feed. And we've been trying to like resubmit the iTunes feed over and over again and it's it gives us an error. It says like 
error, the feed won't work. And then we, when we try to just delete the feed outright, it'd be like, error, you can't delete the feed either. We were like stuck in limbo. So are you saying that the, the problem lies in iTunes or the problem lies in the process? It's iTunes. Okay. And I like, my dad is... That's, fu- that's messed up, dude. My dad is typically like the Apple, like we'll never say a word about Apple. And I finally got him to admit that iTunes sucks a winner <laughs> because of this. You think iTunes is that bad? Dude, yeah. iTunes really? blows, dude. Come on. I'm having a lot of problems with it. And what is your alternative? That's what I'm trying to find. I don't know. Like I have you can't to go say somewhere. Something blows that there's no better alternative. Yes, I can. I can say that I'm being forced to use something because I haven't found like, uh, you know, not that it blows, but that the the standard of quality standard is going down. Right. You know, and it's and it's they're clearly not paying attention to iTunes. Right okay. Now. That's valid. Especially um, if it's messing up our our process, our livelihood. Yeah, our, yeah. Seriously, this is how we live. So um, that being said, <laughs> I f- we finally got it figured out and we resubmitted, and it should be showing up within like a day or two. Right. Yeah. I th- uh, we uh, I think we figured it out, Nick. So um, yeah, you'll be able to access all the glory on the, uh, on the podcast. <laughs> the glory. The glory. All right. Well, this next email comes. This one's special. It is. So it's the first time that this person has emailed in, and he is a high school friend of ours. His name is Louis Morsi. God, Louis. Louis Morsi <laughs> is one of the most, like, the smartest, soft-spoken, just force of positive energy I've ever met. Right. He was one of those people that, like, growing up, I never really, like, considered to be, like, really, you know, smart or stand out in this way or anything, but he's, like, super sophisticated. And, like, whenever I was talking to the other uh, – maybe about a year ago we went camping or something out in the woods uh with a group of friends and he was like telling me about all these beer places to go and i was like louie you're the man yes louie i did like ish and he he reads a ton and like whenever i talk to him it's just like well let's just talk about books for an hour and a half (laughs) and like the conversation never stops it's insane louie you're baller we're acknowledging that so before he poses this question he like follows up to what we talked about um the last episodes and he says, sup, dudes, Louie here, uh, really enjoying the show. But in response to your alien life question, he Ooh. says, y'all should watch some videos on Michio Kaku. And he yes, said, that is that uh, professor guy for sure. Yeah, I've, I've seen some videos with him. Okay, so you know about him? Mm-hmm. I, I've never seen this. Yes. He says, I'll include a link here. And he says, the dude is a theoretical physicist. I own a few of his books and I highly recommend them. Yeah. Um, but the video he's, he posted says it outlines civilization transition. So I'm going to take that link and post it to our Facebook okay. for all of Witty Banter to see. Yeah. Uh, so Boom. thank you for the link. So he says, now here comes my question. Uh, being my first time emailing the show, I wanted to make y'all really stimulate some mental thought with this. Ooh, as always, Louie. I love this question. Thank you. He says, looking back into history, what civilization or period had the most influence on our society today? Ooh. This can include technology, invention, discovery, or you know, et cetera, anything you think. Secondary, if we could time travel to the past, what period of time would you visit and why? And then he says, hope my questions aren't too lame. Happy pickings, Louie. <laughs> yeah. Your questions are great. Louie, 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 Louie. No, so... Louie, 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 Louie. So the two questions are, what do we think are the most... Is it influential? Influential like civilization. Cl- civilizations. And then which... Uh, what was the second part of, of it? If we could go back to any civilization and what live, would what would it be? Okay. Um, do you want to take it or are you, you going to pass the torch to me? I'll go ahead and start because I think I had. That'd be great. You're a history major. I can jump off a little Mm. bit. Now this this sucks because the second you pick one, it almost looks like you're invalidating everything else that came with (laughs) it. Like I I don't want to put to the flame like enlightenment or Mm. how 
in that time period, like nationalism was created and right. all these doc, like John Locke and all them. That's yeah. a great time period. You got the Industrial Revolution, you know, and, right. th- and things like that. But what I'm going to say is um, just Greek civilization mm-hmm. around the time that the Athenians and the Spartans were sort of like at odds with each other. Right. When the Athenian power was like at its mightiest. And the reason why I'm going to go with the Greeks is because the Greeks are the one that really sort of outlined, outlines like what philosophy is. They hmm. defined what philosophy is, and everything they did was, or not everything they did, but a lot of the works that came out of there with like Socrates, Plato, Thucydides, mm-hmm. these are texts that like still are big today. It's a staple yeah. in today's <laughs> learning. Um, even just like logic, logic. Aristotelian logic from Aristotle is actually the basis of calculus. Mm. And logic is just the study of arguments. Yes. And those arguments became proofs that are used in statistics now. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that Socrates argued in his trial um, for his life is the way that we, like the Socratic method of argument is like what we use in courtrooms today. Right. Their legacy is insane. Didn't the Greeks like basically establish the fundamental concepts of democracy? There you go. They right. they created democracy as well. Um, their art is my favorite art. All of like my favorite. My to be very specific, my favorite genre of art period is Hellenistic Greek sculpture, mm-hmm. and that shit just blows my <laughs> mind. And there's stuff. There's there's sculptures that have been done. There are like. Um, vase paintings that have been done where we literally can't even figure out the method of how they did these things today. Okay. You know? Right. Um, and then, of course, with all of that, you also have just how cool the, you know, the Spartan culture was or the yes. Athenian culture. So I think they're the most influential because I think they gave man a system of thought. And it's a system of thought that whether we know it or not, we still use today. And you're thinking kind of like ancient Greek, right? Like, do you have like a, maybe a time period with when, which that you're really kind of referring like to? Like 600 BC to like zero AD. Okay. Yeah. That's a great answer. In fact, if I, uh, if I knew a lot more about history, that would probably be my answer. Okay. So um, what is your answer? So I'm taking the question as it is. And Louis asked, what is the most influential civilization that is still sort of playing out today and i really don't want to just toot america horn america's horn but i think that the uh revolution that the american revolution was like a really really big world changing thing not only just because of the actions that were taken and it was like america being treasonous against the british and like you said, I mean, that, that kind of like spurred on the French Revolution, which was like a huge deal afterward. Which created nationalism. But it was like, like we had this discussion a couple days ago. It was about like how, how groundbreaking that was for humanity. It was just all these extremely smart, sophisticated, intellectual people coming together and just making this government. And putting together all these sorts of like ideals and stuff, and and they weren't afraid of going after those ideals because the, that was, those were the things that they were felt like they were being you know, withheld from whenever they were under England's rule, um, and still I mean you know today America's a huge superpower that has you know basically led the world as far as like 
space travel and you know technology, medical advancements. There's all kinds of Culture. different things like that. Yeah. I, I don't know. I no, mean, I don't really, dude, I'm really? telling you, American film culture and like, yeah, then, it's know, it's Hollywood insane. McDonald's is everywhere. Coke, but like more more so, really, what I'm trying to get at by saying that the American Revolution and like the period from maybe like 600 about 1607 when we landed in Jamestown to 1776, that was like this really I I can't even imagine the kind of energy that was around in that period uh, not only just for america but just the the sorts of thoughts that started to develop like well you know was maybe we should maybe yeah maybe we should you know let it, everybody pursue their own religions and maybe we should just um have a you know a representative democracy where we can have people's opinions actually heard and like be a part of what the actual action is instead of being under some tyrannical king or something and i just felt like it was a really like you know I, I, I hate saying it because it just sounds like I'm tooting America's horn, but and I don't really know that much about like ancient history. I don't really know that much about like even you know pre-industrial revolution in history. But that that's what I gotta say because I feel like that has so much influence on where we are right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I uh, think the most romantic part of it all was like you said, all these th- thinkers getting together and outlining this outlandish government of thought that had never been tried before and not only did it work but it like gave rise to where we are today it's still the those are still the pillars within which we you know do all of our legislation and all of our kind of understandings like the constitution is the final law man of like everything that americans go by and stuff and you know i'm not the whole world but i'd say a lot of people probably followed suit in some sort of way so um, yeah, I just I just think that that's pretty influential. Now, let's broach the second question. Yeah. So time travel, does that mean you want to travel back to be with these guys in the revolution? Where right. do you want to go? Um, the time travel one is uh, a little, little bit more vague because you can kind of like pick your role, I guess. You know, like if I'm going to time travel back to like ancient Greece, I would want to be a Spartan. I wouldn't want to be like a, 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 a gladiator or something, you know, like, or that would be more Roman, but <laughs> um, I, I just, I, if, can you do the, your time travel first and then come back to me? Yeah. I don't know necessarily right now if I know. What I, I would time do. travel back to like 1730s. Okay. The golden age of piracy. Piracy, and I would be a pirate. <laughs> I would have my my ship. Where is your piracy uh, from? The nationality, or where are you like Dutch? Oh, geez, okay. Yep, I'm Dutch, and I hang out in the Caribbean, <laughs> and I just reeve the shores and drink rum, dude. Okay, I think it's a hilariously awesome life. That's pretty cool. Um, God, this is still hard for me. I want to say maybe something about like. Um, like Renaissance or something. That'd be great. I think like being around whenever that that movement was going on would probably be pretty cool. Um, if I'm gonna just put a stake out there, I, this is gonna be another Lagrange reference. <laughs> but uh, I think it would be really cool to be back in Egypt when it were whenever it was like thriving as a community and be like maybe some sort of like high up position or, or just not a slave. You know, if I could be like in Egypt when that was literally like the 
empire, you know, and like they were in the middle of building all the pyramids and like there's a lot of I feel like there's a lot of stuff the, in the pyramids were actually like the very beginning of that empire. Really? Okay. That what people don't realize was the Egyptians were thriving for like almost ten thousand years. Yeah. So if I could take like the point where they were at their highest arc for the Egyptian rule, I would like to kind of see how that functioned. What those were, what what that experience would be like, like what were the culture drivers for that, you know, society it would be awful. <laughs> would it really? Yeah, it was just like just religious theocracy where if you weren't, I think this is more for like field trip sake. Like I would, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't want to live there. Like if honestly, I I feel like I would not pick any other time period to live in than right now. Seriously, there you go. I mean. I guess truthfully, besides the pirate thing, I would definitely want to live as a Greek. I mean, like having access to food and clean water and uh, like you know artificial light and comfortable you know houses and stuff. I mean, that's just it, this is you know kind of an era where that's like you know the norm. But that's and, the, that historically, I don't think was the norm. You know, and if you notice, I didn't say like medieval knight kingdoms, which is where I right, could have yeah, said. But like, dude, those those times were awful. Well, yeah, dude, the <laughs> dark, so, they're literally the dark ages. So bad. So yeah, I think. As far as a field trip maybe goes, I would like to learn about, you know, Egyptian culture and the culture drivers and stuff outside of just like pure slavery. <laughs> you I know? like that, Louie. You're Egyptian. <laughs> yeah, I guess All it right, is. man. Louie, thank you for the question. I hope you email in again. Um, both Louie and Nick emailed the show. We are wittybantershow at gmail.com. So you can email your questions at any point in time and we'll be happy to answer them. Let's go ahead and put a number on this beer and okay. then we'll get out of here. All righty. So I'm going to come right out of the gate and give this beer an eight. Um, I think it's, it's what it has going for it is its drinkability. Yes. Um, it, the pumpkin's there for me, and it's the clove is kind of there in the smell, and then that both comes through in the taste, like I said. It's got the citrusy thing, um, but it's just like, it's great. It's a great beer, but it doesn't reach that height of like the southern tier. Right. I, I agree, and I kind of wish that I would have gone first, because I'm going to follow you. I'm going to do an eight. Do an eight as well. Um, it's better than... A seven in the regards that it's incredibly drinkable and sessionable. Um, I think that the pumpkin does; it still comes through. You mm -hmm. know, it's not like it's not like some of the la the later or earlier beers that we tried, where it's like, is this even really a pumpkin beer? Like, this is still a pumpkin beer. For yeah, sure. absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's it's a little lighter. It's more enjoyable. I kind of wish that there was maybe a little bit more like umph, maybe in the body or in the alcohol by volume. Um, but I like the short finish, um, or the clean finish and, um, it's straightforward beer. I, 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 yeah, I'm digging it, but I'm not like over the moon about it. So I'll give this a solid eight. Yeah. Do you want to put maybe a, a situation that, uh, that this might beer might go with? Dude, know? this is the beer that you start your night with in the fall. Like okay. you want to try like, okay, you want a pumpkin beer, but you're going to be drinking for the whole night. So get this because it's easy to drink and it tastes delicious. Okay. For me, I'm thinking like I'm out on rainy street, which for those of you that don't know the difference between sixth street and West street and rainy street, rainy streets kind of for like the younger professionals and stuff, you know, so I'm having a conversation with somebody, and I just hit my stride as far as like feeling comfortable. <laughs> this is what I'm going to. Okay. My next beer. <laughs> All right. Well, that's been episode number 33. Uh, thank you for listening. 
Yeah, you can find one. the podcast on Facebook. We're facebook.com slash wittybanterpodcast. We're only like four likes away from 100, so please yes. help us out. We're three now, man. Let's yeah. go. We are at, uh, we're on YouTube. If you just search Witty Banter episode whatever, you will find us. We're there. We post all of our episode segments as videos now, which is fun. We're on Twitter. We're at Witty Banter Show. Um, we're going to be on iTunes again in a couple days. Just search for Witty Banter. Hit subscribe. All of our episodes show up in your download queue for free. Um, I'm on Twitter as well. I'm at Bodacious Chase. Hunter is at Diesel Dorset. Yes, sir. And um, the, the email is wittybantershow at gmail.com. Yeah, please send in more questions. Um, shout outs. Louie for being a baller. Nick, as always. I also want to shout out to just like your parents. Oh Your yeah, parents are awesome, man. Yeah, my they parents are. don't listen to the show, but like, <laughs> like it was even before this episode had aired, and your mom was already sharing. Like, do you have a question that you want to share? Blah, blah, blah. And like, yeah, thanks Andrea and TD for being huge proponents of the show. They're amazing. I really appreciate it. I know Chase appreciates it, and everybody else for that matter. So, yep, yeah. I love you, mom and dad. <laughs> That's an episode number thirty-three, and we're out. All right, thanks guys. Beep beep beep. Beep beep. Bit of a 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 bit of